What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is our first Wednesday NFL rundown of the year. It is finally here. Sean and I recapped every single game, including painstakingly the Giants and the Jets' first game of the season. Talked a little college football. We usually don't talk anything but NFL, but we had to cram it in. And a little PGA. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website whenever I get it fixed, sorrysports.com, and enjoy the pod. We'll talk to you guys next week. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 203 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Tom, it is our first NFL Wednesday of the 2021 season. Week one has come and gone. Week two is on the horizon. It feels like we're already entrenched because I'm already pissed off at my team. How you doing? Hey, listen, uh, great second half out of my team. And, you know, right before... Right before, I meant to ask you this before we started recording. What was the team last week that I was trying to talk you into taking in your survivor picks, and how are you doing? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I was going to get to them. I'm not going to lie to you. When we got off the pod, and up until I believe it was Saturday night, I had them as my team. Who was them? I can't remember. That would be the Minnesota Vikings. The Kirk Cousins-led Minnesota Vikings. And I had them. I was like, listen, they're playing the Bengals. It's the 1 o'clock slot that they, they never seem to have a problem in because it's not prime time. I don't care if they're on the road. Burrow's first game. They'll win a game. Well, they'll win this game. And right at the last second Saturday night, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I was out watching some college football at a couple different bars down here, and I was like, you know what? I can't Masks do it. Masks on or off? Masks off. Sorry. Shamefully. It's just, I know. It was just I, – I, I wore it in the Uber, obviously, because that's policy, but once I was out, it was like 95 degrees. I'm like, I made the decision to be here. I'm sipping a couple sipping a couple cold ones. I'm not having it on. But. Wow. Wow. After what we're saying, you're like AOC at the, uh, the $35,000 fucking, a fucking seat uh, Met Gala wearing a Tax the Rich uh, dress as she's there on a $35,000 dime. What an idiot. Yeah, well, that wasn't me, and I definitely wasn't dressed uh, to the nines on this day. But um, now well, I'm glad you didn't buddy. take them because you know what? Not watching the Yankees, and this is just a sign of growth and maturity out of you because you know Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings have fucked you a million times, and I tried to I tried to get him to, to just stick it in you one more time, and you wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> no, and um, I think you're you gonna know, take I- the Vikings. You know, yep. if, if God willing, fingers crossed for you, late in the season, you're still in this thing, and it's a game against fucking Green Bay that you think there's no chance of them winning, but they're your best option. I think that's, and then somehow they pull it out. We're going to get to Atlanta, too, because that's another team, obviously, that's on my list. But, yeah. no, I ended up picking uh Well, all the teams are on my list, so I don't have any enemy teams. <laughs> there you go. I ended up picking the Niners, um, so we're all set there. But hey, listen, the Niners, a, I don't even know if they're good this year, so that might have been a good move by you. Yeah, and, and shit, man, talk about a backdoor cover, which we'll get to later when we review our picks. But nice we got to start with your sperm bank. we got to start with the locals. 
Um, and I want to lead off with your Jets because I have a lot to say about my Giants. I don't want to dominate the conversation. <laughs> so I want to hear you talk about my the beginning boy. of the – no, not – well, you can talk about your baby boy too, but I was going to talk about your sweet prince. What were uh, what did you take from this game? A uh, rough start. Um, I mean, it, it's not good when you lose your probably the best player on your team for like eight weeks. I think it is Becton being your left tackle. Uh, running game non-existent, but him and Corey Davis have a real connection. Second half came out firing. Um, he needs to he needs to stay within the system a little bit more and be a little more disciplined. But man, when the play breaks down, he is fun to watch, and I'm just excited to have them build this team around him. Did you see that throw, that fucking dart that he made under pressure down the left sideline oh, on a just an he's absolute got, seam? He's got a – I rewatched this game, and he's got an absolute bazooka. Like, I put him up there with Allen and Mahomes. I think that's fair. I, we're going to see a lot of that this year because there's going to be a lot of broken plays. And it seems like those off-schedule throws, that one that you mentioned to Davis, I mean – He's really, really good at that. Yeah, I need him to need him to be a little cleaner in the pocket and to grow up in the pocket because I don't want a guy that the second he feels pressure, even if it's not there, a la Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, he just breaks down. I need him better in the pocket. Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard to ask a young kid who's Which is just... why my only gripe with the Jets this year, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it, it is no, my fine. team. So my mm-hmm. only gripe is just not getting a veteran backup. Yeah, we talked about that a little in the summer. I still think you're going to bring somebody in, but not to have anybody right now is a little worrisome. Um, I wanted to ask you what you make of this O-line now with Becton out for uh, the foreseeable future. You talk about him having to have a little bit more poise in that pocket. I don't think that pocket's really going to be there. So do you think that this is actually maybe an advantageous thing for him to because his strong suit, obviously, and this was his calling card out of college too, is – those off-schedule throws, those improvisational throws, uh, that seems to be where he's at his best. I mean, yeah, I guess if you're going to put it to me that way, sure, I'll agree with you, but it's obviously never good when you have a decimated offensive line for a team to grow. But it will um, it will lead to a, a better better plays from him and more, more fun plays. But, no, I think it's obviously going to hurt him in the long run. Yeah, um... I, I just like the way that everybody was talking about him after the game. I mean, the Duke and Ball, and, and they just need to put more players like Corey Davis around him. I mean, you know I like that signing from the jump. Crowder being out sucks. Uh, Moore made a couple catches. I'd like to see him develop. Uh, he didn't have quite the day that the rest of the, well, the Alabama wide receivers had. But, um, <laughs> I mean, they the team looks, for, for a team that I didn't expect to do too much this year, they look pretty good. Yeah, to fight back like that I thought was really impressive. And and I thought, honestly, the defense acquitted themselves really well. This was a game that they could have given up. But I think having that Robert Sala influence on the sideline, uh, you can see why that defense in San Francisco was so good for so long, not just because of the personnel that he had, but the attitude they had. They easily could have folded like tents, and they never did. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you're going against Christian McCaffrey, so he's going to get his. But the Jets' D-line is pretty stout. It's just the secondary you know, maybe you should lace the cleats up. <laughs> if I'm playing any position, it's definitely not going to be in the secondary. Oh, what's your position? Uh, I could catch. I'll, I'll I'll run some routes. Okay. With, with Crowder out, yeah. What's your um, What's your forty time looking like? Oh, it's been a long time since I ran a forty. <clears throat> I'm in the endurance uh, yeah. aspect of running. 
So okay, well, I'm not my, getting any short bursts. My high school forty time won't match this one. That's for sure. What I'm running now. <laughs> hey, listen, maybe we could each suit up and we could just beat them with our savvy ability to get open and, and break mm-hmm. coverage. There you go. Right. I don't um, like getting hit you- at at 27 years old in two weeks <laughs> that's right just just catch the ball and get down um what did you take from your baby boy i mean what did i tell you he was gonna do you know everybody was like oh he's not gonna be a game manager you know he never was he's a game manager mm. that that's what i took he made the throws that were there and 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 he did uh exactly what i would do if i was quarterback in that team get the ball in the hands of christian mccaffrey yeah, he definitely took less risks than he did with the Jets. He still took some and missed a couple of big throws that could have blown the game open. He hit Robbie Anderson. Did that Did that give you a little bit of PTSD of like, hey, this could have been, or did it not bother you? A little tear in the eye, but no, nah, it didn't bother me. I That's mean, fair. Robbie's not cut out for a rebuilding team, and, and Sam wasn't the quarterback. Right. Yeah, that's all you have to look at. It's a weird coincidence that those guys ended up facing off in week one. But, yeah, to me, Darnold, he, he's, I saw a lot of what I saw with him with the Jets. Uh, that one interception he threw uh, wasn't great. But I, I think he's you know, he's going to be okay, and having Christian McCaffrey as a safety blanket, as long as he's healthy, is, is really going to help his development. And maybe this is who he is. Listen, Christian McCaffrey is an absolute animal. I went up against him in fantasy this week, still won, no big deal, reigning champ. Go Big Dogs. That's my team name, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a big dog. He is. Uh, no rust for week one for him. Not at all. All right, you ready to talk about your G-men? <sighs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Tom, I've had a few days, and I'm happy we do this podcast on Wednesdays because the immediate reaction and then trying to – look at it rationally and you hear everybody else talk about them and you get the polar opposites of, of the conversation some are very hey it's fine it's one game they never <clears> played in the preseason this was saquon's first game in almost a year saquon's got to sit thursday by the way i just want to sneak that in there is he gonna sit i think he should i, oh, I think, think you he get should, healthy, yeah. for, healthy for the rest of the year instead of this fucking get your feet wet bullshit yeah, he's listed as questionable. I think he got 11 touches in week one and wasn't productive at all. Um, Talk to be productive to, behind that offensive line, by the way. Have, yes. Having a few days to think about this, I'm really, really pissed. <laughs> I'm really pissed. Do you want to talk about um, the Yankees instead? No, I don't. Uh, not even a little bit. And I've stuck to my promise, by the way. I have not watched a I'm single you, full kid. game. I, I, I've checked the scores <clears throat> a little bit. I have done that. But I have not invested my time on the New York Yankees uh, as far as sitting down in front of the TV and watching. Peaky Blinders never let you down like that team does, huh? No, I've gotten one more episode in. It was a busy weekend. But uh, I'm three down now. But, no, th- I'm, I'm pissed. I'm really pissed because – you hear about all these things, and for a six-win team last year, it was really being talked up, and I'm guilty of it as a fan because obviously I'm hopeful, that this team really was going to be the team that took a huge step forward. And Peter Schrager of the NFL Network and Fox talked about how they were their, they were his dark horse team to come out. And obviously it's only one week. They hardly played in the preseason. I think Jones played a half. There's not a lot of continuity, but... You know, I'm gearing up for this game. It's the Denver Broncos. It's the day after 9-11, the 20th anniversary. 
they're at home for the first time in front of fans in almost two years. Everything is there, and Kadarius Tony's active. Except Saquon's you. Saquon's active. How come you me. didn't get your ass to MetLife in some warm weather? I wasn't going to MetLife when I lived up there. Um, <laughs> and and you got Kenny Galladay ready to go. There was a lot of promise. And this team looks like they're playing football in 1998, while every other team is playing in 2021, including your Jets now that you have a new offense. Um, it, it's fucking atrocious. It's fucking atrocious. The brand of football is terrible. I'm sick and goddamn tired of it. Nothing has changed since 2016 and the and the playoff exit to Green Bay. It's all the same. They don't win at home. They have, I think, 11 wins in four and a half years or four years, something like that, uh, at MetLife Stadium. The offensive line is a shit show. Nate Solder had one of the worst. Did you see that play? Where... where Von Miller just ran right by him. He wasn't even covered. Nate Solder looks... I mean, they should check him for dementia. <laughs> he might have that early onset CTE. He called it a goofy play, too, which is not a term I really much enjoy hearing, because <laughs> that's not goofy. That's that's absolutely awful. You let one of the best and most elite pass rushers in the NFL touch go him. right by. Yeah, without a touch. And, and kill your quarterback, who, again... As the Giants are driving, I don't think they win the game anyway, but as they're driving, the defense created a couple turnovers on Denver and not after not being able to get off the field. I'll get to that in a minute. But the fact that they create turnovers, they put the Giants in this situation. Daniel Jones in the third quarter is driving. I think at that point it's a seven-point game. And again, he goes down to the ground and the ball comes out. And I've told you this from the get-go. It's not just the turnovers that he has. They come at the worst times because that was on a drive where he was actually throwing the ball really well and made a couple of really high-end passes to Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay. And he runs up the middle. He's got more than a first down. The Giants are going to be inside the 30, and he just goes down to the ground and the ball pops out. It's unbelievable, dude. And it's just in year three, you cannot continue to have these things happen. We talked all about the, what the Giants could be if things came together. I don't see any signs of this coming together. And, and the defense is really the most disappointing part before I ask you your thoughts. The defense last year was the reason they were able to go on that little bit of a run and win six games. They couldn't get off the fucking field. Every third down and even fourth down opportunities that Denver had, they they it was effortless. They might have been playing against a JV high school team. And the Giants were on the, the defense was on the field the entire game. The offense barely had any opportunities when they did. They squandered them. Yes, the Giants' defense created a few turnovers, but it was really uh, it, the the stats are awful. The performance was awful. Fans were leaving early, as I would have been if I was there. It, it was a disgrace, and it's just more of the same thing. And I have no reason to be oper- uh, 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 any bit optimistic about this team. None at all. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say is, you know, Danny Dimes sucks. <clears throat> Terrible. He, he's not. He's just not a good quarterback. I mean, just the simplest things, being able to hold on to the ball and not being turnover prone, not throwing that bad pick, which for him it's more fumbles. It's just, it's brutal. And it's just he has not gotten even a lick better from last year. No, and... and- the offensive line, again, was atrocious. 
we worried that this Denver defensive line would be able to pressure them, and they did. But the most frustrating thing about Jones is he'll have sequences where he actually is really good. And I know that sounds stupid and homerish, but listen, I'm killing him. I'm just seeing what I'm seeing. I watched every play of this game. He has drives where he's picking the defense apart on these crossing routes. He threw a great deep ball to Shepard that set up their touchdown drive. He, he's very competent, but he's not able to eradicate the one critical error in the most important time of the game. And really, that's what separates the, the quarterbacks that succeed in this league from the quarterbacks that don't succeed. I mean, you saw Darnold, I'm sure, put together plenty of promising drives and and kill them with one bad interception or one bad fumble. I mean, Jones does it more than any quarterback in the league, but it's frustrating because you know that he's capable, but it just doesn't manifest in scoring. And the play calling sucks. Jason Garrett, get out of here. Everybody was excited for him to start. Um, I mean, look, there, there are certain things that you can't do. You, you can't throw up behind the sticks on a, on a third down. You can't fumble the fucking football when you're driving. You know, you you can't you can't take a sack in field goal range. You can't throw a pick in the red zone, and it seems like Danny Dimes loves doing all those things. And it's year three. When when he if shit or get off the pot, are you gonna learn? Or are we gonna get rid of you? Well, I mean, this is the situation the Jets were in last year, right? And you try to excuse them away, and oh, it's it's a COVID year with no mini camp or or no training camp, no preseason games, and the Giants what really pick did the Giants have in the draft this year. Uh, they picked 20th overall this past year. But what pick did they have? Before they traded uh, 11. 11. Justin Fields. Mac yeah. Jones. But that was never going to happen after year two, and you know that. I know. I know. It's just, listen, I could, and I could say probably even more of the same thing for the Jets. I mean, all the quarterbacks that they passed up, but including Patrick Mahomes. But... I mean, listen, uh, the only other thing I have to say is, you know, for you, it's it's what's Alabama doing this weekend on Saturday? And uh, when's, when's Nets preseason? Yeah, well, I do have a, a true rooting interest in this season that transcends the Giants, and it's rooting against the Bears in every game they play. And we'll talk about their performance in a little bit. But, yeah, man, and the, the other question I have for you, too, and this is kind of a bigger scope that we don't need to spend too much time on now. We can do this in, a, in another time. But is Saquon Barkley overrated? Yes. Thank you. He Extremely is, Extremely right? injury-prone. I mean, listen, he's, he's a hell of a talent. But, I mean, every fucking running back that goes, when was the last good running back that went in the top ten? Fucking Adrian Peterson. But people talk Ezekiel about Elliott's him. Like they talk about, he is, but at least Zeke gave the Cowboys a couple of really good years. The the media talks about Saquon like he's a like he's a Christian McCaffrey cop. He's not even close. No, and listen, I mean he he did have a great rookie year, although he Phenomenal. did not stay. He did, I don't even think he played all sixteen games. That's I think three was, years ago though. Now, yeah, I he's extremely overrated, bro. And and this is all the more reason why. Your GM should be fired. Or did Gettleman get canned? He has to. Well, if he hasn't yet, he needs to get canned. Just for that pick alone. And then the Danny Dimes pick, too. Yeah, I mean, and then a lot of guys that he picked that are no longer on the team. No, and he's, he's had some good ones. Dude, I'm, really I'm, getting, ones. I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of uh, Mike McCagnon vibes. 
oh, from him. I mean, you're you're Danny Dime, you're Danny Dimes pick, and your and your Saquon Barkley pick is the equivalent of us taking Jamal Adams in the lottery. You know what I mean? Like taking a taking the sex position, like taking the sexiest position you can for a team that's rebuilding. That's uh, Jamal Adams pick is, and, and a Saquon Barkley pick is for the team that's that player away from the Super Bowl. Not you need 10 more guys to even be a playoff team. The worst part, too, is that, and, and I agree with all of that, and I can't wait for when he finally does You like how I called that I a get, sex position? Not a sex, I, I, sex oh, position. I, I, heard, I heard it, and I really didn't know what you meant, so I just left it alone. Um, I'm keeping that. I think you should, Thank but you. the other the other part too is I agree with all that is when when the Gettleman era is over, I'm interested to hear as the years go on as to whether that was an organizational pick with Saquon or whether that was truly Gettleman because there has been a lot of I feel like it there's was been Gettleman, a lot of man. talk that it was a lot of other because they were so they felt so bad about what they did to Eli that they wanted to give him another shot. And you know how loyal Mara is. That's a deeper conversation that I don't want to go into right now. But regardless, Gettleman made the pick, and Saquon was the pick. And they he's not the owner, so he's going to get canned. And he's done a lot more to deserve to get canned than just pick my boy Shaky, who I still think is an excellent, is an electric, excellent talent. And he may have a few years, and he may end up in the Hall of Fame, but still. Number two overall pick, you can't be doing that shit. No, and the last thing before I move off of the Giants, and it's just been, I've been looking forward to this pod because I need to get all this off my chest. Go for is it. The offensive line, you know, they talk about how they didn't address it this pre, this this offseason. They spent five out of their nine picks last year on the offensive line. They gave Nate Solder the biggest offensive lineman te- deal of all time back at that point and obviously that was just because hey they needed it so desperately he has addressed the o-line he took will hernandez with his first pick of the with his uh second round pick in 2018 after they took saquon around one he's been okay he's been all right my point is is they have addressed the o-line the problem is, is that none of those players have been it. very good. Right. Like, you took your the fourth overall pick on Andrew Thomas, who I didn't hate at the time because I thought he was going to be the most steady. But when you look at Jedrick Wills and when you look at uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, no doubt in this very short period of time, the Giants took the wrong guy at four when they had their chance to take any of them. So he spent his he spent his resources on the O line. The problem is is that he's not reaping any of those rewards with these players, and that set them back plenty. It's been four years of saying we're going to build the O line, we're going to build the O line. Quite frankly, it's just new names, but it hasn't gotten any better since like 2017, 16. Bring back Eric Flowers. Oh my God. I mean, we're getting to that point. I mean, Flowers was much more of a bust, and you could tell right off the bat he didn't know how to play. He's the playing, position. He was Tom, playing good last year. <laughs> yeah, he played all right. Right I mean, tackle. Tom, yeah, exactly. Not the position they drafted him for. Thomas has Thomas knows how to play the position. I just worry that whether he's capable of doing it. Uh, he's not going to have the mental lapses of Flowers, but he might not have the physical sense. Anyway, that's enough on the Giants. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, not at all, man. Let's go Nets for Sean. Let's go Alabama fraud, Sean. Um, and, and you know, let's let's enjoy the Ryder Cup this weekend. I can't wait. I will be watching. And this Saturday night, I will be at the UT Rice game. So I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. All right, you ready to run down the docket? 
I think we have to. You want to lead us off? All right. We'll go in order of the games here. I got the ESPN scoreboard up. We'll start with Thursday night. Buccaneers 31, Cowboys 29. Sean, what do you take away from this game? Oh, man. Uh, a couple things. One, Dak was phenomenal. Um, Didn't and miss a beat. Will. Might be better. No. He threw the ball more than 50 times. Will had to be creaming in his jeans watching this one oh, and watching Dak. But uh, they did typical Cowboy things. They played just well enough to lose. I mean, Zerline misses the field goal. He misses the extra point. Oof. If he makes those, they win. Uh, I don't care about the 60-yarder he hit. That, that cost them the game. I really thought they played pretty well. Their defense, I thought, made a couple of big plays. Um, Dak was phenomenal. I think they have a real Ezekiel Elliott problem. I think he also only got 11 carries or something like that. They gave Pollard the ball a lot. Uh, those are my takeaways. How about you? I don't really worry about Zeke um, just because he was on the field for way more snaps than Pollard, and this Tampa Bay defensive line got even better than they were last year. Vita Vea was like taking on – he looked like he was, you know, an MMA fighter in a bar fight with a bunch of fucking one-armed men out there. <laughs> you know, taking on ten guys at a time, it felt like. And, you know, the only thing I worry about from the Cowboys' side – I do worry a little bit about the run game as a whole and as their offensive line with uh, Martin. Um, what has he got, COVID, or is he hurt? I don't know. Um, COVID. Hopefully he gets back soon, get well soon, maybe get vaccinated. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Dak didn't skip a beat. Uh, Gallup is hurt. I don't think that's even going to really matter because C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are incredible. Um and, yeah, I thought their defense looked a little bit better against one of the best offenses in the league. From Tampa, I, I worry about their run game. I really do. But you know what? Their run game sucked all last year. Same two players, and they just – same thing every time. Leonard Fournette making boneheaded drops, and Ronald Jones gets all the hype behind him and then fumbles on one of the first on one of his first touches of the game and doesn't feel, see the field again. And, hey, you know what? They won the Super Bowl with that shit last year. Um, Gronk looks like 2015 Gronk. Antonio Brown looks like 2017 Antonio Brown. Uh, this team is just going to keep on rolling, and Tom Brady is incredible. Uh, leads the team down for a game-winning drive again, as if we we should be surprised. Perfectly said. I can't add any more. Um, one note to make with Dallas is Demarcus Lawrence today announced that he broke his foot in practice. Uh, might miss the year uh, out indefinitely at least. That's a huge blow. That's going to hurt that defense. It, it is because I actually thought that defense, for as much of a sieve as we think it's going to be or we think it would be, they actually played pretty well. Yeah, given who they were playing. Yeah. There's yeah. enough there on that one. Um, Philly Seahawks, Falcons? Colts. Oh, we'll talk about I was going to say Seahawks Colts first. If All that's right. okay. Go ahead, bro. So. so Obviously, Russ, he cooked early, and I was thinking of you during that game. I thought Wentz looked okay. Um, Russ is always good in September. Right. He's a 5 o'clock hitter. The lights go on at 7. He's hitting bombs in batting (laughs) practice. My biggest takeaway was Tyler Lockett. He he made some unbelievable plays in this game, and it's so good to see him back. And He's probably one of, if not the most underrated wide receivers in football. 
agree with you. From a fantasy perspective, he is a boomer bust type player because next week he may have, he only had four receptions. I know it was for 100 yards, two touchdowns. Great ball by Russell on one of them. But next week he could end up getting you three points on one catch for five yards. But (laughs) he is a great talent. Chris Carson ran for 91 yards all over the team. And the Colts just did not look good. Do you think this is going to be an adjustment period for them and they'll get yes. better as the season goes on? Or yes. do you think that they're going to be kind of an average team? I think I think they're going to be right around average. I could see them going 8-9. and nine. Uh, I probably had them at that if I, if I could remember my, my records. Yep. I had yeah. them at 9-8, and eight, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think they're gonna be just about average. They're not. They're gonna beat teams they're supposed to beat and lose the teams they're supposed to lose to. Yeah, and good statement by Seattle coming in and, and winning in Indianapolis. I thought that was, you know, not that I was surprised by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, did you see anything from Wentz that made you feel good that hey maybe he's gonna have a good year this year or is it too early to tell? It's Wentz, man. He's gonna he's gonna tickle your fucking balls every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just enough. Just enough. Just enough. To keep All right. What, what's the next I, game you I, want I did to have about? the Colts going 8-9, by the way. I have my numbers right here. There you go. Um, all right. I'm going to go to Eagles. I want to go to Eagles, and I want to talk about I want to talk about your, one of your Alabama boys. And by the way, college football, and we're going to talk about it later, I was sitting there thinking after watching three Alabama quarterbacks uh, start, the three most <laughs> recent Alabama quarterbacks, Starting the NFL, college football is even more boring, man. Because it used to be that these SEC teams and these really good teams, West Coast, whatever you want to call it, they used to get the most talent at every other position but quarterback. You know, you had your years of John David Booty. Where was he at USC? Yeah, and, and you had your Jake Coker. What a call by you. Your Jake Coker for uh, for your Crimson Tide. I believe he yep. won a natty out there. And uh, he probably didn't sniff a snap in the NFL. And, and I could go down the list of guys where, you know, these, these teams that win na- national titles and whatever that are good in college, they never play. Now, the best teams in college football are also getting the be- the most talented quarterbacks, and it just makes it even more boring. I mean, yesterday, you look up and down. You got Joe Burrow, LSU. You got Tua, fucking Jalen, and, um, and Mac Jones, all starting out of Alabama. I mean, do I, do I have to keep going? All of the young guys are coming from these powerhouse schools. Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. I mean, the only one I could think of really is is obviously you got Zach Wilson and uh, Trey Lance out of smaller colleges, but Daniel Jones out of two. Oh fuck that! I don't even want to talk about him. I don't know why you even brought that up. I don't think you want to. talk Well, because well because we don't have many college or we don't have many starting quarterbacks coming out of Duke. I'm not even saying Jones should be starting, but, but that's the situation we're in. But my thing is, and then we'll get back to the Eagles. It's like you're not going to see your Aaron Rodgers out of Cal, or or you're not going to see your your fucking. Kirk Cousins out of um, where the hell did he go to college? Michigan, Michigan State. State, or or some of these random guys. Like if you don't go to a top ten school, you're not a good quarterback at this point. It seems like I hear you on that, and I think there's a lot of validation to your point. But Jake look Coker. how many. Well, yep, I know. Look how many. Greg McElroy. Right, and uh, AJ McCarron. Yeah. Blake Sims was another one, yep. but think about how many, think about how many Ohio State quarterbacks got drafted in the first round that didn't turn out to do shit. Like I think 
Justin Fields is going to be fascinating because if he doesn't shatter the mold, like I don't see any team really looking at Ohio State quarterbacks because they're going to just be like, well, it's a, it's truly a system. Yeah, it has nothing to do with their. I mean, that was a talent. debate with Oklahoma quarterbacks for a minute until you see Baker and Kyler lighting shit up. Right, and, but I hear your. I think you make a really good point because, and that's what makes Nick Saban the best college coach of all time. Well, because, because Nick Saban realized I can't win with defense and some explosive guys on the outside. I gotta, I gotta build a complete team. But think about a guy that won that much doing it that way to just completely shift and say, no, I'm going to recruit quarterbacks the same way I recruit linebackers and corners and wide receivers it's like and Coach running K. backs. It, it, he is. It, it's remarkable. And he's better he than Coach have, K. He is. He, he's the, I, I don't care what anybody says because he, he has completely adapted to the way that college football is played now and did not rest on his laurels of saying, oh, well, you know, I won this way. Because think of how many guys could do that and would do that and actually did do that. Les Miles went from one of the best coaches in college football the to, grass eater. To, the, to the grass eater to now being fired at Kentucky like or Kansas. Kansas. Rather. I was like, going to say, wasn't yeah, he at Kansas? Yeah, he was at Kansas. I mean, Jesus, man. Shout out but Charlie Weiss. Uh, shout out Charlie Weiss. He never changed the way he coached. And he never changed the guys he tried to recruit. And it was so obvious in those years when Alabama was dominating them because they had a, a great running back. Most late, I think the last great one he had was Fournette. And they would play Alabama, and Fournette would be held to like 45, 50 yards. And it didn't matter because Alabama would run up the score. And, and that was back when they still had some of their other guys. Now that they've had. Guys like Jalen and Tua and, and Mac Jones, who I know is different than those guys, but now you watch Bryce Young. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it absolutely is. All right, you ready to talk about some real NFL football here? Hey, you brought it up, but yeah, what what do you take away from this Eagles-Falcons game? I think this Eagles seems a hell of a lot better than we anticipated. I, pro- I think I had them... In last place in the division, I, I thought that they were going to suck. Devontae Smith, another Alabama guy, comes right in and just picks up right where he left off in the national championship game. I'm um, so bitter, by the way. Oh, you absolutely should be this guy. I don't care that he is 140 pounds or whatever he is. He's a baller, he's a football player, and, and Jalen Hurts looks like the real deal. I think Philly has a really good chance at winning this division. And I think the Atlanta Falcons absolutely suck. I was super disappointed because I have Mike Davis as well as Kyle Pitts on my fantasy team. But you know what? I don't think Philly's defense is that bad either. <sighs> After they mailed in Week 17 last year, and stop the Giants from possibly getting in, and then trading up with the fucking Cowboys to get Devontae Smith one pick ahead of the New York Giants, who had who were zeroed in on him. I have no, there is not another level of hate that I have for the Philadelphia Eagles. And to see Devontae Smith score on that first possession, and as much as I love Jalen, I, I, I he's now an enemy because he's in Philly. They looked really good. And I know it was probably a combination of really shitty Atlanta, another one of our teases. You and I both had them finishing second um, in that division. It, they're not going to come close. This might Their be a offensive four-point win sucks. team. It sucks, man. But, yeah, I, Philly looked really good. 
they and I'm nervous again. I'm really scared that that Hurts might be the guy, and he's got weapons, and the line's better, and the defense played well, like you said. Ah, you. There was a lot. There was might have been more depression in your voice from that than there was from your Giants talk. That because the Giants just make me angry. The Eagles make me very angry, but I've expressed nothing but hate for them. But to see them come out like that. Because I didn't expect it. And obviously the Falcons just show once again why you and I can't trust them. Well, when will we ever learn? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's brutal. Well, want to move on? Yeah, I think we have to. This is getting sad, and the audience needs to hear something better than this. Well, Pittsburgh-Buffalo. Pittsburgh 23-Buffalo 16. This game was in Buffalo? Mm-hmm. Listen, I think this is just a bump in the road for Buffalo. I, Pittsburgh may be a lot better than this. He was a head-scratcher because Ben didn't play very well. A lot of dink and dunk, which I think you're going to see a lot from this year. And Najee Harris, although another Alabama guy, although he played every single snap, had a very, very mediocre to bad game. But Pittsburgh def- Pittsburgh's defense is a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. Uh, losing Bud Dupree, but they've file in uh melvin ingram in there roll it back and i i don't know i'm this game is is a week one head scratcher for me i couldn't agree with you more well, buffalo's uh, defense is shaky af it is but i i think that this is a game based off what they did last year i think you gotta kind of make it a mulligan they still made a lot of plays let's not forget one of pittsburgh's touchdowns was a blocked punt uh, they got returned for one. Um, Pittsburgh's defense is really good, and we know that. Ben sucks, um, but he's got a great defense um, and hopefully a better running game than we saw in week one. That's going to help him win some games. Buffalo, to me, they just came out flat. Uh, I think it was obviously a, a part of the reason was because Pittsburgh's defense is so good. The other part was, I think, you know, they had a couple of re- – I think they had six penalties on offense, holding slash false starts that – they're going to clean up. Uh, they just got out of the gate slow. I, I don't put a lot of stock into this game. I don't think Pittsburgh's that great, and I don't think Buffalo's certainly that bad. But it was certainly a really good win for Pittsburgh because all that matters, obviously, in the NFL is if you get a good road win against a team a lot of people picked to be one of the Final Four, that's a good win. Definitely. I'm not worried about Buffalo yet. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have... Cincinnati, Minnesota. Uh, Cincinnati pulling it out in overtime. This was a, first of all, good for Burrow coming back, looking really good. Wide receivers look crisp out there, including Jamar Chase, uh, who caught a touchdown in this game. Uh, But this was like the, the, what do they call it? Something, five somethings of Kirk Cousins. I I forgot the saying. It's fucking late here, and I feel like shit anyways. Five phases? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Five Whatever stages. Five maybe. stages of Kirk Cousins. I mean, the team gets off to a slow start, and then he's scoring points in garbage time, somehow brings them all the way back, and then the team, not Kirk Cousins, but Dalvin Cook fumbles in overtime and blows it, and Minnesota... Almost bone Sean, but luckily he wised up and didn't take them in his Survivor League. Both teams aren't playoff teams to me, but Cincinnati's going to be able to put points on the board this year between Joe Mix and Jamar Chase and uh, Higgins out there. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Um, against better competition, I think they'll get smacked, but hey, 
Disappointed in Minnesota's defense, though, I will say that. I'm glad you made that last point. I was waiting for it. I was really disappointed in their defense, too, because part of what I said about why I thought Minnesota could be a fringe playoff team or even a playoff team is because their defense is so good. Bringing back a lot of guys from IR as well as the COVID list. They bring in Patrick Peterson to be that stopper, and he wasn't stopping shit. No, he wasn't. I hate this team. And Mike Zimmer, I think, is an early candidate for first coach fired or second coach fired as the season goes Him on. And Nagy. Yeah, yeah. I, I man, I tell you what, this team I'm so happy I, I didn't listen to you and I changed my mind because so it's much of play. me was like, Listen, they're playing the fucking Bengals. No one's watching this game. This is the perfect Kirk Cousins game, but the other part of me is like, You just can't do it. It's bad. It's a bad thing it's to do. Bad. <laughs> And I, there was no there was no other complex thought than that. I said I'm not going out week one again. I'm just not. I, I can't do it. They suck, and I'm tired of them. And, and this Kirk and and I'm not even a Viking fan. And I have this level of disdain for this team. I can't even imagine being a diehard Viking fan and going out and saying, "Well, week one we're at Cincinnati. They're probably going to win three games." You might be one of their three. Uh, that fumble by Cook was atrocious, but they were put in that position by just lack lackluster offense all game and, and subpar defense. Yeah, Justin Jefferson needs to get his ass involved because he's a big dog this year and he did not play like one. Not at all. All right, moving on to the next game. We do have a possible playoff team involved in this one. It was a nail-biter somehow. Detroit. It was somewhat of a nail-biter. It was garbage time a lot. San Francisco in Detroit, San Francisco 41, Detroit 33. Um, how long till we see Trey Lance is my only question about this game because Detroit sucks. You're going to see a lot of garbage time from, from Jared Goff. You're going to see, I mean, listen, if you got the two running backs and you got the, the Hawkinson out there, you're sitting pretty in, in fantasy because he's going to put a lot of garbage time numbers up. But my only question is, when do we see Trey Lance? Because Jimmy G had put up a stinker. Well, we did see some Trey Lance. He, he got in there a little When's bit he and be ran starter? some packages. At no time soon if they keep winning games. I don't think Garoppolo was nearly as bad as, as you think. I, I didn't think he was a – I didn't think he, he was – a lot you know, to be desired for me. Sure, and I think that also comes into play where when we look at quarterbacks, right? Like, I look at Garoppolo as a guy that you're going to be in position to win a lot of games because of him. Whereas you say, I want more from you because you should be better. And I'm like, I don't know if he actually is, but pretty much all they do when he plays is win. And they did again, despite a great comeback by Detroit, I think San Francisco is going to be really good. Losing Mostert for the year sucks, but Debo if there's Samuel. A team, if there's a team to figure it out when it comes to the running back position, it's it's the 49ers because every guy they stick in there to run the ball seems to go for 100. And I don't think that's a mistake. I mean, they, they obviously have a very good offensive line, and Garoppolo is a quarterback that makes plays. I like how they how they mixed Lance in on certain packages and let him just get comfortable. Shanahan's a genius. The defense, I think, played really well, and then they let up. I want to ask you about Detroit, though, because this is probably going to be one of the very few pods where we actually where I actually ask you about Detroit because they're going to m- matter so little. But what did you take? Do you think that was just a bunch of garbage time points because San Francisco quit? Or do you think that that was actually, hey, this offense might not be as bad as we thought it would be? 
I think it's more the latter. I just think that their head coach, what's his name, Campbell, is a is a lunatic, uh-huh. and he's going to keep them engaged and keep them playing, and and they're gonna they're gonna be they're not gonna they're not gonna be the lowest scoring team this year, and they're not gonna lose a lot of blowouts because I think that they're gonna come back in garbage time. A lot of their games are gonna look like this, where if you don't watch on Sunday and you just look at the score, you go, oh, okay, they played all right, but. Realistically, this was a forty-one to ten game, not a forty-one to thirty-three game. Sure, I thought golf played pretty well, though. He did all right, but uh, he's golf. <clears throat> yeah, as we talked about on the preview pod with Will, I think highly, I think higher of golf than you do, um, and obviously, I, I think higher of Garoppolo than you do, and, I, and that's neither of us. You, are you're right an Eli Manning fan. You like mediocre quarterback play. I just I like quarterbacks that have won a decent amount in their careers mm. because we criticize quarterbacks so much for not winning. I mean, you look at San Francisco's record when Garoppolo plays; they're incredibly good. If he sucked, they wouldn't be. I mean, it just is what it is. If you're a really bad quarterback, you don't win games, no matter how good the talent is around you. And unfortunately, that might be the reality that I have with Daniel Jones because now they finally have the players around him and he still might suck and they might lose so i'm going to give those guys a little bit more credit they will lose all right moving on to the next game arizona beats up on the tennessee titans probably the most honestly sean i think this is the most aside from buffalo and and honestly this may be even more disappointing because i think this game means a lot more i think buffalo again we give them a mulligan this might have been my most disappointing game from the Tennessee side. Arizona looked great. Obviously, they're going to cook on offense. Uh, Kyler and and that gang down there, they they looked great. Their defense looked a lot better. Obviously, Chandler Jones, who just he should have thrown on a gold jacket with five sacks out there. But I mean, I'm looking at this from more of the Tennessee side than I am the Arizona side. Julio Jones looks done. Derrick mm-hmm. Henry looks tired. And, I mean, was the offensive coordinator that big of a deal who moved on to coach uh, Atlanta? I don't know. I, I All of those points that you raise are, are really good, including the last question. Um, yeah, Julio didn't was not able to get the separation. A.J. Brown's still a beast. Henry did nothing. Uh, you wonder if that's just a product of a rough game or – if it's finally starting to catch up with him, Tannehill sure didn't make big plays. Yeah, uh, the offensive the offensive play calling was bad, but you know you you pin it more to the Tennessee side, and that's obvious to do when a when a playoff team quote unquote gets rocked like that. I I, I put this more. I, I saw a lot more out of uh, out of Arizona. I, I I expected them to be decent and win some games because of offense. That defense was elite. And Isaiah Simmons, who they picked seventh overall, uh, I believe it was in 2019. Maybe it was 2020. Uh, those years are – the years are starting to blend in now, Tom. It, it's pretty bad. Um, he had kind of a rough rookie year, but he finally found out what he needs to do on the NFL level, uh, like what he did in college at Clemson when he was that hybrid kind of linebacker, safety type player. He, he was just a menace in addition to the five sacks you mentioned from Chandler Jones. They're not going to play like this every week, obviously, but their offense should score enough points to put them in position to win every week. 
This defense might be really, really good, and if that's the case, we might have been sleeping on them. And and I know the NFC West went four and zero, so everybody looked good. But my God, this was this was an ass whooping from. They didn't have a San Francisco where they got up really early and then kind of let their guard down. They were dominant from the first kickoff to the last second. Yeah, absolutely. You you very well could be right. We might have missed on Arizona. Um, not that we thought they'd be a bad team, but. I thought they were going to be the worst team in that division, and we could be wrong. I have to see them play within their division first to uh, make that decision, but you you absolutely might be right. Moving on to the next game, we have the Los Angeles Chargers against the Washington football team. Tan, uh, Tannehill. Um, Ryan, the other Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> went down. He's going to be out for eight weeks. Apparently, uh, that's actually like a 10- to 12-week injury, so he may be out longer. Uh, it's Taylor Heineke time. This defense is still pretty stout. Uh, the Chargers did what they had to do. Mike Williams had a really good game. And a huge win for the Chargers on the road. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it was a sloppy game. Neither team played really well. And obviously, Washington lost their starting quarterback in Fitzpatrick. Um, Herbert had a bad interception on one play, but the next time he got the ball, he made a couple of huge throws. Williams, like you said, played well. It was a gritty, good game that, honestly, this was my thought, and I'd love to hear yours. I said, <laughs> I said, watching the game, I was like, if this was an Anthony Lynn team, oh. they would have found a way to lose. I was just about to say the same thing, man. They would have figured out a way to lose 14-16. to 16. Yeah, or, or just not manage the clock well and, and find a way to allow Washington to maybe get a stop or and then, and then come back and score. It was... It was definitely, I'm sure if you're a Charger fan, if, if you exist, um, you're really, really breathing a sigh of fresh air because they got a coach. Is, they finally have a coach, at least for one week. Yeah, I think they're definitely a playoff team and they're moving in the right direction. You ready to move on to the next game? Yes, sir. You call it. All right, let's make this one quick. Um, but it was pretty interesting. Houston 37, Jacksonville 21. Mark Ingram looks like he's turning back the clock. David Johnson had a touchdown. Tyrod Taylor looking like he shouldn't have been stabbed in the lung last year. (laughs) Um, And then Jacksonville on the other side, they have a terrible offensive line. Their defense looked awful. And uh, Urban Meyer just really doing it up for the college coaches out there. Uh, USC is looking for a new head coach. Maybe he makes his way out west. No chance, quote-unquote, he said at his press conference today, which means there's a chance. Um, yeah, let's Always spend about another 45 seconds on this game. I'm very happy for Tyrod Taylor. For all he's been through, he proved that he's a very competent quarterback in this league. If he's given a chance, he's obviously not elite, but he's very good, and I was happy to see him put up a really good game. Ingram, like you said, turned back the clock, played well. Their defense was good. This, to me, was more about Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence finally had a game in his very – you know his very young career between high school and college where he trailed in the game and he made his turnovers but he also made a couple of really good throws but that offensive line sucks we'll see how he bounces back it's overall an awful team um they they might not win a game they might win one game in two years and if urban meyer's still the coach i might put money on that (laughs) so 
Okay. It, it, it was it was it was a disgrace all, all the way up and down. For Houston, though, I am interested to see if this gives them some momentum and gives them a little confidence, or if when we see them play on Sunday, they go right back to being what we expected to be a one. I or think two so. Team. Yeah, they play Jacksonville. Let's let's keep that in mind. Jacksonville last year, they might be Jacksonville. You know, win the first game of the season, they, they beat put the up thirty-seven points. It's not I like know. they scored seventeen and one. You know, you're right about that. All right, you ready to move on to the next game? Um, two potential playoff teams? Yeah. Kansas City 33, Cleveland 29. If you watched, if you caught this in the first half, I think Cleveland was up like 20 to 3. Um, Kansas City, Tyreek Hill went nuts. Travis Kelsey did Travis Kelsey things. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just too much. And Kansas City's just better than Cleveland. Yeah, the talent for Cleveland is obviously there. Um, the punter dropping the snap, though, I thought was the turning point in the game. Um, dropped it and just let Kansas City march right in and score. <laughs> if that doesn't very happen, Browns. this game might be very Browns-esque, exactly. This, this game could have been different, but I, I think obviously what you take away from this is what you took away in the divisional playoff round last year where Cleveland's very good. They have a lot of talent. Odell didn't play. He's not playing in this week. That team is a very good team and, and should be taken very seriously. But, obviously, Kansas City is just in another level. They're, they're in another strata. And uh, you, you just have to look at them and say, well, you're the, class of the, you're the class of the league and we're just not quite there yet if you're a Browns fan. Yeah, not much else you can say. Um, not really worried about Kansas City. Uh, they played a pretty good offensive team. I think their defense is going to be just fine. Uh, you ready to move on to the next game? Mm-hmm. Miami, New England. New England lost this game. Honestly, I thought Mac Jones looked pretty good. Um, this was a fun game to watch. Uh, you didn't really see too much out of Tua, honestly. Um, you know, it, it harkens back to last year where he just left a lot to be desired. But they he did enough to win the game, right? Yeah, I thought he made a couple throws that New England defensive players made really really good plays on he had a ball that he threw in the back corner of the end zone i think it was in the third or fourth quarter and one of the corners for new england just absolutely ran it down and made a great diving uh you know tip away that was a great play and and that could have been a touchdown they have shackles on Tua. it's obvious they don't trust him and it's so weird because you invested the sixth overall pick on him or the fifth overall pick on him you want to turn him loose. He's, yeah, I think he's medically cleared now to be fully healthy. He's got weapons with Parker, and, and you brought in, obviously, Waddle, who had a couple big plays. They're just not, and Gusecki, they're just not trusting him. Yeah, He's not see, running um, the offense that he was Will running Fuller next week as well. So, Other than that, I thought Mack played really well. Uh, and, the, and you're right, the Pats deserve to win that game. They didn't play great, but they deserve to win. And Damian Harris, that's a rough, that's a rough turnover. Yeah. It definitely is. I think New England's going to be heard from this year. I think they're going to be a really good team. I hate to say it, but it, it's the it's definitely the case. All right, ready to move on to the next game? Yeah, man, we're uh, we're winding down the slate here. All right, so I said Tennessee was my most disappointing team. I take that back because New Orleans in Jacksonville beats Green Bay three points for Green Bay. New Orleans thirty eight. Jameis Winston, MVP, baby. Five <laughs> touchdowns. 
He only he threw for under 200 yards. Didn't really have to do much aside from throw absolute dimes for touchdowns. Green Bay, I don't even know if you watch this game. I think you just throw the tape out and keep it moving. Aaron Rodgers, you're an asshole. You know I think that. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, uh, he's famous for that relax quote like seven years ago, and he pretty much tried to echo that after this game. And his attitude has to piss you off if you're a Packer fan or if you're in the, even in that locker room where – the sense of urgency just isn't there, and we have to call it what it is. When they get down and they get punched in the face, he has not, over the course of his career, responded really well. He's a great front runner. He's a great, hey, I'm throwing the ball all over the place, and I'm playing chess while you guys are playing checkers. I'm, I'm, I'm stunting. I'm having a great time. But when they're losing and they're getting punched in the face, he's not really a great leader, and we saw that on display. I, I don't read a, a lot into it. I, it was an absolute piece of shit game. He didn't participate in OTAs, mini camp, training camp. I don't. He didn't play a rep in the preseason. I think they'll be just fine. They're obviously the class of that division. But wow, uh, the Saints! You caught my attention. Yeah, their defense looks amazing. I think a little bit of credit has to go to how shitty. The Packers were, but I, I thought their defense looked really good. I did not have them making the playoffs this year. I said they got a year older and not a year better. Could be wrong on that one. We'll have to see how that plays out. If Jameis keeps slinging it the way he did and not making any mistakes, really, shit, they might be a Super Bowl contender. Let me ask you the classic overreaction week one question. Really bad Packers or really good Saints? Really bad Packers. Okay. What do I you agree think? You okay. I, I agree with you. Yep. All right. Two games left. We got our Sunday night game in Los Angeles, the greatest stadium ever created, according to those guys out there. They have a new quarterback, <laughs> in case you didn't know. The shackles, speaking of which, have been removed. Nice. Um, Matthew Stafford, L.A. Rams 34, Chicago 14. When is Justin Fields going to start? Doesn't matter. Yeah. This team sucks. Their offensive line, I told you, and I told Will, the, their offensive line is absolutely awful. And my concern, too, is their defense got a lot worse, too. Yeah, it did. So I, I, I mean, they don't have team. any. They don't have any secondary players who I can even name. Like a Dory Jackson's not there. Obviously, nope. Pina Tillman is is like an FBI agent now. All these guys that you know a couple of years ago were were making plays are not there anymore. No, they're not. And I, I really like Allen Robinson. He's he's a very good player, and I like Montgomery. But they're not. Those are guys that on really good teams are going to make a difference, kind of like what we saw from Chicago two years ago. They're definitely not difference makers. And, you know, Dalton gave you a Dalton game. He wasn't awful. He just is what he is. And and if I'm the Bears, as much as I want to try to preserve my job and, and put Fields out there, if Fields gets hurt in a year that you know doesn't mean anything and you sign Dalton to be this kind of guy – Oh, man. And I think that's yeah. possible because they are so bad. And I love every second of it. I hope they go winless, obviously, um, because the Giants have their pick. But yep. I, I, all, all 
all kidding aside and being totally objective, do you see anything from this team that says they're more than a five-win team? Because I sure as don't. Not anymore. What'd you take from the Rams? Um, listen, Avi, I think uh, Stafford's a step up from golf. He can. Uh, the question was, could he step outside the pocket and make those throws? Some people asked that question. I already knew it because. His offensive line was not always great in Detroit, and he's making throws from every different angle. He looked great. Their running game looked shaky, but I think they'll be able to figure that out and piecemeal it together. Hate to say it because he was terrible in New England, but once Sony Michelle gets up to speed, I think they'll be a little bit better. And that defense, man, Jalen Ramsey playing up on the line now as opposed to just being a shadow corner, playing all over the place. And obviously Donald. Donald, right? Yes, Sam Darnold, Aaron Donald. Yes. Um, is the best defensive player in football. That team is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I had Ramsey as my defensive player of the year. I like how he started off. Um, and I agree with you on Michelle, by the way. Uh, I, I think as as the season goes on, he's going to get a lot more integrated and McVay is going to find a way to use him. Absolutely. Final game. You ready for it? Let's do it. Monday Night Football, Las Vegas. The party was on... And Las Vegas got the win in overtime uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Honestly, my first takeaway from this game is if Lamar Jackson was a better quarterback and a better passer, this game wouldn't have been close. I think that's a really fair point. Aside from that, not great quarterback. Aside from that, the Baltimore Ravens defense looked okay. It's just like if there's one, you need to stop one guy on the field and you can't do it, which always makes me... A little concerned because Darren Waller was the guy and the only guy there for them. Yeah, and they were obviously zeroing in on him the entire game. I mean, the guy fucking probably just got ten more targets as we're talking. (laughs) Yeah, they're carrying over into week two. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I don't know how they don't stop him, and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but. I mean, for a couple of series, their car was literally not looking at anybody else. He wasn't looking at rugs. He wasn't looking at anybody. He was literally just looking at. I mean, at, listen, Hunter Renfro is a nice possession receiver, but sure. I mean, you mean to tell me that you're going to game plan for Hunter Renfro? No, but let's get back. I mean, obviously they miss Jason Peters a lot. That's a, that was a huge injury. But let's get back to Lamar because I think you made a really good point. He's a great player, not a great quarterback. And for the last few years, that's been able to be enough, right? But the offensive line is a problem. I know they tried to upgrade it. They brought in Villanueva from Pittsburgh, a longtime division rival. He didn't play great. And if Lamar, like you said, makes a few more passes, they probably win that game. The fumble uh, that kills you, what is what is your ceiling with Lamar? Like, have we seen peak Lamar, or do you think that's a little premature to state? I think we've seen peak Lamar, unless he's going to get better as a pocket passer. Because here's the main issue: when you're in the open field, Lamar is probably the guy I'd want more than anybody because he can make he can throw a deep ball, he can throw the ball over the middle, and he can make plays with his legs. But the problem is when he takes off. If he gets tackled in the red zone as opposed to making it into the end zone, when that shit gets a lot tighter at that 10-yard line and in, in the red zone, 20-yard line mm-hmm. and in, he he's not making those tight window throws, and, and the defense is tightening up, and, and he's it's not as easy for him to run the ball in. 
and that's where your issues get started. If he's in the open field and he can run for a 60-yard touchdown every single time, great. But when he gets into the red zone and he can't make those passes that Tom Brady makes or or some of these other great passers make into these windows that are, you know, six inches by six inches, then he's not going to score in there and Justin Tucker is going to have to be warming up that leg. Yeah, and three points is four less than seven, and that and that hurts me a lot. Thanks. I've uh, really gotten good. Um, <laughs> you text Frenchie that, about that before the game? Before hey, the listen, he, he, he's no math guy either, you know. But we we make sure we use words, but um, not, not numbers. But, yeah, it, it's definitely an issue there because that's the next step he has to take to be elite and to win in the playoffs. And the guy he's probably going to be going up against to get through there, nobody makes, outside of Brady, nobody makes tight window throws better than Mahomes. Yep, absolutely. So that that, that hurts you in the, in the playoffs for sure. Uh, let's talk Vegas real fast before we move on to our picks. I, I was impressed with David Carr. Uh, Derek Carr, sorry. Um, That's all right. I can't I can't shit on people for names. Only when you start naming <laughs> people that are dead. That's true. Yeah, that was a bad job by me, uh, David Stern. R.I.P. Uh, no, R.I.P. Um, but no, Derek Carr. You know he gets a lot of crap, and I think it's the worst told secret around the NFL and NFL media over the last three years, four years that John Gruden is not a fan. But I'll tell you what, man, there, a couple of times during every now you're game, starting to sound like like John Gruden. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> I watch him play. He's really he, he has a lot of talent. He is a good quarterback. A lot of teams would want him. He leaves some to be desired, but maybe Gruden settled in. I, I don't know. He made some huge throws down the stretch of that game. I thought it was over. I thought Baltimore had a signed seal delivered. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I go back to Vegas is fine. Maybe they'll go nine and eight. Maybe they'll go eight and nine. It just kills me because if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm just banging my head against the wall because we're never going to win the big one or win any big games with Lamar Jackson at quarterback the way he's playing it. No, and you can't lose that game. You can't lose that game when you're at 14-0 and you carry a good lead into the fourth quarter and you get that stop in overtime where it looked like Vegas scored a touchdown and then they don't even score from the one-yard line. I mean, like you say this is over. Uh, and it wasn't. That's a that's a brutal loss. I don't like to overreact too much, but in week one, but that's a that's a brutal loss. Yeah, that one. That one may be the difference between them. We may look back and say that was the difference between them getting into the playoffs or not. It's a really good point. I think so. Uh, real fast before we get into our picks, I didn't put this in the show notes, but I just want to ask you: Did you watch any of the Peyton and Eli uh, oh, coverage on ESPN two? Did you really? You just kept it on that. Yeah, man, I don't need to hear fucking the regular broadcast. I know what I'm going to get with that, so I wanted to give it a go. I thought it was fun. Okay, what were your biggest takeaways? I mean, the two brothers, Eli is getting dragged along by Peyton a little bit. I thought that they kept uh, Travis Kelsey on a little too long. I don't. I mean, I've seen enough of him. Let, let him play football. I thought Ray Lewis was incredible, just breaking things down from the defensive side. Yeah, I, I was in and out. Um, Didn't really care uh, for Russell Wilson. Could honestly care less. I get it. You're married to Sierra, and she's at the Met Gala, and she's wearing your ring. I get it. 
Yeah, I could give a shit less about Russell Wilson either. He, he's just awkward. He's strange. He's just a, he's a weird dude. But I, I was excited to watch some of it, and I think Peyton's making like seven million this year for it, and Eli's making like seven hundred and eighty thousand. <laughs> um, so obviously, like a big, a bigger, you know, big brother, well, little brother sucks. thing. But Eli sucks, obviously. You know, the two Super Bowl rings, which is just as much as Peyton. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it's obviously Peyton's show. Peyton is leading it, and Eli's along, and Peyton's going to bring Eli in when he wants him to come in. And But just the little bit I did watch, they he were just a lot better looking than Peyton, though. Oh, that's... that's I know he's a mouth breather, but... <laughs> he He's really funny and good, though, but he doesn't have the charisma. No, nah, but he's has. great with those one-liners that just punch you in the face because you didn't expect him. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that. I think is going to be cool as the season goes on. I think ten games they have. Yep. So it, it should be fun to watch. I'm going to try to zero in more on them as the season goes on. Like I said, I was kind of in and out because some of the guests I didn't care for, but the way they break down, you know, the plays, we we say Romo's a prophet. I mean, just listen to one series with Peyton and Eli, and it's like, holy shit, this is this is next level football. This is like going to Harvard for football. It's, Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm either watching that or I'm watching the regular broadcast on mute, so I figured I'd flip it over. <laughs> I like that. All right, you ready to make some picks, recap some picks? We're ready. Let's go. All right, Sean, I got the paper right here. Um, I had Washington plus one and a half loss. Giants mm-hmm. plus two and a half loss. Carolina minus five and a half. Mm-hmm. Loss. The Jets actually covered that game. But my one pick that hit, the one guarantee I make every single week, my sperm bank pick of the week, it was a nail-biter towards the end. San Francisco minus 7.5. They covered. So, boys, if you got in there and got that, got those cups filled up, got your cash, you guys are cashing in this week. Sean, you went 2-2. Two and two. You had... Obviously, we were in lockstep, Carolina and the Giants. You had Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers as well. Mm -hmm. They both covered. You ready for week two? I'm ready, man, and I would like you to lead off. All right, I will lead off. We are going to start with your New York Giants. They play the Washington football team this week uh, in Washington, right? Yep. Shaky field over there. I've heard bad things injury-wise. Did you see the sewage pipe first the other day? Yeah, shaky on the field and shaky in the stands as well. Not good. Really not good. Mid-season form in Landover. Yes. Um, I have the Giants plus three against the Washington football team, but I, you know what, Sean? I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my pick. You convinced me. I'm going to go. Even with their backup quarterback of Taylor Heineke, I am going to go Washington football team minus three. I think the Giants are trash. I think you're going to come on here and you're going to be saying the same shit you said this week, next week, only worse because it's week two and the Yankees are going to be on the same slide that they're on now. (laughs) I was hoping that you were going to pick the Giants because that would have given us a little diversity with our picks. I don't know if this is a punishment pick. I don't know if this is a angry, emotional pick. I try not to do that. You know, Washington 
with Taylor Heineke was probably the team that gave Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the biggest issue in the playoff run that they went on last year. I don't think Heineke sucks. No. And that, that defense, defense is for real. That defense I know didn't play great, um, but they played well. Um, the Giants are weird because despite how bad they've been, they pretty much have always beaten Washington over the last few years. Like, they went 2-0 and against them last year. I don't give a shit about that. I'm taking Washington minus three. I'm surprised the number's not much bigger. I would say I thought it would be like three and a half or four, but it doesn't matter. The Giants are atrocious. They're going to do one or two things. The games, I can tell you right now, I'm going to predict it. The game's going to look like the Giants can win. It's going to be a winnable game. They're going to have opportunities to win, and they're going to fuck up at the worst periods, and we're going to look back and say they lost by three or four points because I've seen this story time and time again over the last three years. Give me Washington. All right. We are in lockstep there. Moving on to the next game, the next local game, we have the New York Jets at home in the Meadowlands against the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. I like what I saw from the Jets. Losing Becton sucks. And I'm going to take the Patriots, especially after a loss. They are minus five and a half. Give me New England on that one. I think they are going to stifle Zach Wilson. I think Bill Belichick is going to have a great game plan for them, and I think he's going to have a really good game plan for Mac Jones. Give me New England, minus 5.5. I think they win by a touchdown or more. Just want to mention we're using Fox Sports bet again, uh, as oh, we will we'll be, be all, using year. That all year. Yep. By um, the way, you but- sent me the picks. You wrote them down. Sean, you know you can just copy and paste the image from Twitter. It takes 10 seconds, by the way. I didn't go to Twitter. I went to the app, so I just used that and wrote it down. You Plus, can also I had take a screenshot. I had time to kill and wait for you, so I figured ah, this will actually help me also look at my picks. When I look at them on like a, a screenshot or something, I, I don't feel like you got to write well. things down. It's like taking notes, even if the I, even if the notes are already there. It's not the most efficient way of going about it, and I recognize that, but I had a little bit of time to kill, so I said, ah, fuck it, I'll do this. Um, I agree with you. By the way, I'm going to take the Pats. Uh, they're not going to go zero. They're not going to go zero and two. And Belichick loves beating the Jets. The Jets are wounded and injured. I expect uh, Wilson to make a couple big plays, but I think Mac Jones is ready for his first NFL win, and they'll get it. All right, my friend. We are going out of market now. My first game. I am going to Philadelphia. The Eagles are. Underdogs at home, plus three against the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Eagles cover this game, my friend. Oh, you're a fuck. Um, I didn't say win. Uh, I said cover. I know, but that means it'll at least be close. God, I hate them so much. I, I, I truly do. I don't. I don't think I've had a sports hate this strong since. Even though the Astros, obviously for the Yankees, but those like mid two thousands Yankees Red Sox when I was like in fifth sixth grade when like nothing really else mattered, I hated them so much. But now I I think that the level of hate is as much as it could possibly be for the Eagles. That's a good pick though, um, especially if they if they play anything close to like they did in Atlanta. My first game is going to be in Miami, where the Bills are a three and a half point favorite on the road. I think they rebound from last week. I didn't like what I saw from Miami. They were gifted that game because of the Damian Harris fumble. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Tua, as we talked about. And 
Buffalo. Okay, they they had a mulligan, like we both said. They're going to go into Miami, and I think they're going to win pretty easily. So give me the points, three and a half. Their point, their favorite. Uh, I think they win by at least seven. All right, what's your last game here? That's right. As we await the sperm bank pick of the week, trying to go two and zero for you. I'm going all the way to Monday night. I'm fast forwarding. The Lions are a eleven and a half point dog at home, which is startling because they put up thirty three, uh, and the Packers put up three. Obviously, Vegas says this don't mean shit. Aaron Rodgers is saying, "I've had enough of this." We're going to go out and scorch earth. They will. Detroit scored a lot of those points in garbage time, like you said, although I don't think golf sucks. He's definitely not great. And I think the Packers win this one. I think it's a bloodbath, quite honestly, uh, and in Lambeau Field. So give me the Packers to cover this very lofty 11.5-point spread. Sean, for my sperm bag pick of the week, it is actually brought to you by Aaron Rodgers' hair. <laughs> um Maybe he took some for hims this year or something like that. There um, you go. I'm in lockstep with you. I'm going Green Whoa. Bay. Minus 11 and a half. I think we see Jordan Love for the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, we might. Uh, that line's defense blows, huh? I, I think that this line should be like 15. Yeah, it's hard to do that. After what the Packers did, and the Lions did put up points, whether it was garbage time or not, against a very good San Francisco defense, but you just, yeah, you, you just can't. We've seen this story so many times over the years with Rodgers against the Lions. Tale as old as time. All right, you ready to talk briefly, and I say briefly, about college football since we don't talk Yankees anymore? You try to move past it so fast after you giving these great points last week. I thought you really enjoyed it, and I'm a bit surprised by you. A um, couple ones real fast, and I think we obviously have to start with Oregon beating number two at the time, Ohio State. Ohio State's defense it, sucks. At the horseshoe. Ohio State drops to nine, Oregon jumps to four. Did you watch any of this game? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. You know, I had to watch the highlight package after. I thought Oregon looked pretty good. Uh, listen, when does the college football extend, by the way, the playoff? I don't know yet. It's not – I don't think they have a year. I think they just announced that they're expanding. That's so college football. That's so NCAA. Of course it is. Um, does this uh, – is Ohio State – I mean, it's early. Is Ohio State still a playoff team? Wow. They got to well, win the Big Ten. They got to win the Big Ten, and I think it will depend, too, on where Oregon ends up. Uh, the the Pac-12 is theirs for the taking right now, obviously. Yeah. If they finish in the top five. A lot of five, disappointments I, out there aside from UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Washington got wrecked by, by Michigan. I don't know yet. It's early, but when you lose, they didn't get killed. And what's kept them out of the college football playoff a few times is getting killed during the course of the year against a completely inferior opponent. Uh, four years ago, they lost to Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma Sooners went into the horseshoe and beat them. But what killed them that year was a loss to Purdue. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think it puts them out yet, but what a statement win by Oregon. I mean, that we all we do is shit on the Pac-12, and that was a revival. Conference of Champions, baby. What else do you want to talk about? 
There you go. Uh, Arkansas ran over Texas, so Texas, uh, they're running – their quick win over the Raging Cajuns was short-lived. Oof. They're out of the top 25. Arkansas moves to 20. I, I found entertainment out of the Iowa-Iowa State game. Iowa at least you'll listen, before you, before you go on, at least you'll go to a most likely Texas win. Yes, if they're playing Rice, they better fucking win that one. It's a night game, too, so I won't be, you know, burning up and having my having a second-degree burn again. Um Iowa went into Iowa State and won by 10, 27-17. As expected, I, I like Iowa State, but Iowa's really good. They're number five right now. Tom, I need your thoughts on this. Notre Dame beat Toledo, but only by three. And that was on the heels of escaping against Florida State in overtime. Are, can we just knock them out, please? Listen, the only way Notre Dame in my eyes makes a college football playoff this year again is if they go if there's if they I can't even talk is if they run the table you know Florida State lost to Jacksonville State Florida State sucks they do but they almost beat Notre Dame who's their head coach again it's not Jimbo anymore oh god no no uh I don't know who it is I know I don't believe it's Willie Taggart anymore either I have no idea but it doesn't matter they blow they're in a complete rebuilding phase. Um, another game I found interesting was all the scoring was done in the first quarter. Texas A&M beat Colorado 10-7. Texas A&M is supposed to be really good. I know they really like their young quarterback, but he struggled a lot in Boulder. Speaking of Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> Hell of a segue. Um, an unintentional segue. An unintentional segue, but I set you up perfectly. Um only a three-point game in a 10-7 game, but they got the win on the road. Yeah, and you know what? It's so early in the season, and we're talking about Notre Dame in close games, and we're talking about Texas A&M and whatnot. It's still so early in the season. It's so early. I think we look more at statement wins than we do losses this time of year. Like, I think that that Oregon win, as long as they can keep it all together this year, is really going to matter. But I don't think that a three-point loss, or excuse me, a three-point win, is really going to matter at the end of the day if they do what they got to do in in uh, South Bend, Indiana, for the rest of the year. It, it's it's really what they do for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. If they have a couple big statement wins and they blow out some competition, we'll forget about. But these they don't. Games. They never blow teams out. Never. They don't. They don't. They don't. And even at their best. That's just a, a craving for Notre Dame by people who remember them as being a perennial national championship well, contender. Luke that's been is a Luke really Holtz long still time. Alive? I don't know, and I don't want to make any kinds of guesses. True, you uh, suck with dead people. I, yeah, that was one time. One time too many. Yeah, one time too many, says the guy that can never remember names. Um, I, I always remember who's alive and not. Okay, you're better than me, and I've fucked up once. I'm waiting on you. You'll have one, I promise. Uh, no, and Michigan, Michigan, I don't know that. Michigan beat Washington <laughs> 31-10. Still alive. Congratulations, still Michigan. Kicking. <laughs> still alive and still kicking. Good job, Michigan. You, you you won a game at home against a really bad team from the Pac-12. Washington now is 0-2 because they lost to Montana. Um, Getting so much buzz in the regular season, too. Or in the preseason, excuse me. They always do. It, 
they're not good. And neither is Michigan. So that game was inconsequential. It wasn't really a great week. There weren't a lot of games that mattered. But this coming week, we got Alabama, Florida at 330. That's going to be a huge game. Um, You'll be able to catch that before you head down to, uh, what's the name of the stadium there? What do they call it? Memorial Stadium, yeah. What's the nickname for it, though? I have no idea. Hmm. I'll figure that out. Good, good. All right, well, college football talk's over, right? We can wrap that up? Yeah, we can wrap it up. Hey, you you continue to do a good job. I'm proud of you. I I know you do it reluctantly, but kudos thank you i I do appreciate it i do know sports uh i I honestly it's more just for me to show off shit that i don't care about but i still know about nice well there you go that's gonna be where i get with golf so let's go there no baby you will be much more into golf especially after this week than i am with college football because the rider hub rider hub rider cup (laughs) i can't talk man it's one o'clock in the morning east coast time and I'm a little under the weather. No COVID, but I am a little under the weather. I apologize. See, this is where I'm going to call you out. Uh, it, it's Here fair that all those things are, are true. And I appreciate you fighting through it. Uh, and and also it being very late. And you might be robotripping a bit. Listen, you get these names wrong anyway. You muff up words all the time. It's not the right excuse. You could be in a 100% top condition. And I get names wrong all the time, but I... I like to pride myself on being able to speak the English language pretty well. <laughs> You've had your moments, but That's go true. ahead. Yeah. Listen, I'm fired up for this Ryder Cup. Um, uh, listen, keep keep Bryson in the four ball. I don't want to see him in any team events. Uh, Whistling Straits is a big ballpark. A lot of long hitters. I don't like what Brooks said. You know he's my boy. But I, I think Brooks is going to get fired up and come to play. I really like the team that the USA put together this year. Thought they got all the right guys. But I am scared of the Euros. I always am. What did you take of Bryson coming out and saying how his hands are all fucked up from hitting long drives? I think he's a fucking idiot. Because that's what he shouldn't enter a long drive competition. No, he entered exactly. a long drive competition. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's been prioritizing that over the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. And I really feel bad because the guy he's going to get paired with is between probably Harry English and and my boy, Tony Finau. Because they're nice guys and they'll put up with his shit. And I just feel bad for the both of them because Daniel Berger will fist fight him. Dustin Johnson will just shut off. Spieth and Justin Thomas will just... I don't even know. Xander Shoffley's a fiery guy, and obviously you can't stick Brooks with him. No. So, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, the USA still has 26 wins to 14, but of late they have sucked, and it's usually been the bad team building. We'll have to see this year. It'll be interesting. And Starts Friday. In. I'll be watching, and if I'm not watching, I'll be recording. Because um, I actually really want to watch this. You, you've you've hyped me up for this, and with the college football and the NFL, there is no third event that I would prefer to watch this weekend than the Ryder Cup. So I'm dialed into that. And um, do you have any predictions that you want to throw out? I think the United States wins, despite all the locker room issues and potential. I think the United States wins, but Rory steals the show. Okay. Yeah, I think Rory has an. Um, Rory loves playing in this, and I think he has a huge, um, a huge 
comeback, I guess you would call it. That'd be nice to see. I mean, him getting him having a really good weekend plus the US winning would be would be an ideal circumstance. What has to go right for Europe to win? I mean, it's more or wrong in the US's case, I guess. I was going to say um Bryson has to completely implode and have a Bryson type round where he shoots, you know, close to par instead of 15 under. And some of the rookies really have to underperform and Spieth, Spieth loses it completely. Because the Europeans are going to be steady Eddie. They're going to do what they're going to do. But the USA can either blow them out or they're going to lose terribly. All right. Well, we'll obviously be watching and we'll have a, a full recap next week, whether it's on a rundown or the end of a uh, NFL Wednesday. But the last thing I want to ask you, PGA related, is they announced the, the player of the year. And, you know, listen, I, I I don't know a lot about golf. I've really been trying to get into it as much as I can. And admittedly, that's been without watching a lot of these tournaments. But Cantlay was named player of the year over John Rock. And even to me on the outside looking in, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then every list, everybody I've listened to, whether it was uh, on the Kornheiser pod or on PTI or on the Simmons pod or other ones, everybody seemed like it was a universal, like, what the fuck? So is that true? What do you take of it? Are you pissed? What are your thoughts? No, I think Hanley deserved to win. If he didn't win the, um, the tour championship, it would have been Rom's trophy. But Cantlay won four times this year. John Rom won twice. Um, I understand that John Rom could have won at Memorial and probably would have, but unfortunately he got COVID and that sucks. Um, John Rom's a better player. Cantlay had the better year. Okay. Was there was there animosity met at least on the tour by anybody else when this was announced or was it kind of just accepted for no, the I think it was kind of right just now. accepted and, and can't lay I don't think he has aside from Bryson too many enemies aside from his slow play so I think it's fine okay yeah, yeah that, that definitely interested me because Bryson's your enemy it's probably backside. it's probably a Bryson issue sure I mean evidence is certainly showed that that's that's the thing right so well we did it anything else on your end no that's about it haven't really watched any shows um looking forward to that sopranos movie coming out in october um hopefully is that the uh the what is it the newark one the yeah something i don't know some corny title but it'll be a good one yeah the saints of newark yep yeah, that'll be a good one. I, you know what I did watch? I watched the uh, Danbury Trashers. I know you know Danbury well. Um, as oh, yeah. I, um, alma mater in Danbury. Um, <laughs> and that documentary, honestly, dude, it, it's obviously a one It's a one episode in an hour, hour and a half was one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. And I don't Part even care the- about hockey. Part of the Untold series on Netflix that also did the Mouse of the Palace one that Jermaine O'Neal did. Yes. I did not watch it, but I listened to the Ryan Rosillo podcast where he interviewed one of the players who was featured in that documentary. 
and just the story is wild. And we, I had heard about it from, you know, time to time, but I got to give that a watch because listening to that interview, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And that um, team was around story, in like, Oh, three, Oh, four. Um, and we were both a little too, like if I was, if it was going on now, I'd probably be at those games. Dude, if it was going on when we were in school, it yeah. would have been there every, every single game. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I definitely would recommend. It was it was a funny one. It was a good one. Uh, it, it was it was excellent, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna try to stick with Peaky Blinders, but we're starting to get into that point now where, as the week kind of gets fast, and I have nights where I'm just I literally get home from work and have to pass out. I'm just gonna be waiting for weekends, and college football is up, and with my lack of trust in the giants i will be watching every bears game to uh hope that they lose wow well you're you got one more episode done so you know that really that went by fast bro (laughs) i know really really prolific yeah all right man well listen enjoy the weekend have fun at the texas game Uh, i know you're not going to be wearing your mask but i don't know maybe go in as bubble boy (laughs) Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where being vaccinated and making a decision to go into a stadium, it's like if I have to be in a mask, I'm not going to go. So I'm just going to ride with it and, you know, see where it is. It's one of the very few things that I've done that's, I guess you can say, reckless. Because um, for the most part, I pretty much just stay at home or go to friends' houses and keep a pretty short circle and go to work. So... We'll see. Hopefully I'm all good, but I hope you feel better. And yes. um, enjoy another weekend of, of football as you get another week closer to being 27. Yes, sir, man. Well, enjoy the rest of the week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Boys, listen, get to the sperm bank. Uh, I'm already one to know. There you go. All right. Later. <laughs>